Hi everyone, I'm Monica Reinagel. Welcome to the Nutrition Diva's Quick and Dirty Tips for Eating Well and Feeling Fabulous. Over the years, I've gotten a lot of requests to do an episode on eating disorders. But to tell you the truth, although eating disorders have a lot to do with food, this isn't really a nutritional issue. It's usually more of an emotional health issue. Nonetheless, it's a very important topic. So this week, I've invited my good friend and colleague, psychologist Dr. Ellen Hendrickson of the Savvy Psychologist podcast to talk to us about disordered eating and how to know if you might have a problem. Thanks for having me on the show, Monica. I'm delighted to be back. Yes, so today we'll cover disordered eating, the little cousin of eating disorders. Now, disordered eating is so common that it's arguably and unfortunately normal. While 10% of Americans will experience a full-blown eating disorder at some point in their life, a 2009 national survey of over 4,000 women ages 25 to 45 found that 65%, that's right, almost two-thirds, struggle with disordered eating. And men aren't immune either, especially as unrealistic male body standards become more entrenched in the media and our culture. So let's start with the difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating. In a nutshell, disordered eating is an unhealthy, obsessive relationship with food and weight. Disordered eating, no pun intended, is the light version of an eating disorder. So some of the same behaviors occur, just to a lesser degree. And while disordered eating isn't diagnosable, it does place one at risk for a full-blown eating disorder. Plus, disordered eating often goes along with depression and anxiety. It's really hard to hate your body, deny yourself food, and not feel anxious, worthless, or less than. So this week, here are nine signs of disordered eating. Again, it's all a matter of degree, but if you decide your relationship with food could use a tune-up, rest assured you're in good company. And listen on to the end for four tips on what to do next. Disordered eating sign number one, black and white thinking about food. You think of foods as either all good or all bad, and you've accordingly cut out entire food groups like carbs or fat because you worry they'll make you fat. Or you might skip a meal like breakfast to save the calories. And finally, you only eat foods that you've vetted or know the caloric content of. Sign number two, the PERMA diet. You're basically on a permanent diet, or at least dieting more often than not. And as a result, your weight yo-yos accordingly, and due to all the deprivation, Sometimes you lose control and binge. And you're certainly not alone. A national survey of over 70,000 people found that 38% of women and 24% of men were currently trying to lose weight. And it starts early, not just after a desk job and a couple of kids. 53% of high school girls and 43% of high school boys were either trying to lose or gain weight. Sign number three, the tyranny of the scale. You weigh yourself daily or several times a day, and the resulting number on the scale impacts your mood or sense of worth. If you can't weigh yourself, like when you're standing at a hotel, you feel anxious. And if you gain a pound, you feel really anxious. Sign number four, rigid exercise. You have a set-in-stone exercise routine, and when you can't follow it, you get stressed. You may exercise even when you're sick, exhausted, or injured. And your exercises are strategically chosen based on how many calories they burn. Likewise, when you exercise, you measure by calories. For example, you might run on a treadmill until you've burned your required number of calories or compensated for eating a dessert. Sign number five, 
the mental screensaver. You think about food all the time. Food or weight is your quote mental screensaver. What you think about by default when you're not distracted by something else. And planning, obtaining, preparing, or consuming food takes up a lot of your time and makes you anxious. Sign number six: mismatch between weight, shape, and perceptions. Your weight falls within a healthy or even an underweight range, but you still think you're too fat. And thinking about your thighs, stomach, or another body part has the power to send your mood plummeting. Sign number seven: strategic substitutions. You eat lots of non-caloric foods like diet drinks, sugar-free Jello, gum, tea, black coffee, or ice to try to save calories. And in addition, you might use caffeine or smoke as an appetite suppressant. Sign number eight: public versus private. You might eat like a bird in public and then pig out at home or in your car. Avoid eating out so you can control your food and portions. Or you may get anxious about social situations where there's food, like a potluck, picnic, or party. And our last sign of disordered eating: sign number nine: emotional eating. You eat to procrastinate, to entertain yourself when you're bored, reward yourself, to console yourself when you're sad, or otherwise connect food with emotion. And you have one emotion in spades: guilt. You feel super guilty when you eat something quote forbidden or lose control when eating. So there we have the nine signs. So now what? Indeed, even if disordered eating is normal, why be normal? We can do better and be happier and healthier for it. So I'll let Nutrition Diva's fabulous wisdom help you with eating real food and listening to your body. In the meantime, though, let's chip away at one of the biggest drivers of disordered eating: poor body image. And notice, I said body image, not actual body weight or shape. Better body image tip number one: Think of your heroes. Think of the people who you admire, perhaps those who have mentored or inspired you, or who have simply made your world a better place. They might be famous or perfectly ordinary, and now think about whether their weight or body shape was an important part of their impact on you or on their overall awesomeness. Bring these people to mind for a quick shot of perspective when you feel your body image sinking. Tip number two: Make this your mantra: Life is too short to hate myself. And then go deeper and ask how it's benefiting you to focus on your thighs, agonize over that extra pound. Or drill yourself through twenty extra minutes on the treadmill because you looked at a donut. Tip number three: Think of your body as a person. Think of your body as a friend, someone who isn't perfect but is loyal, hardworking, and generous to you. How would you treat that friend? Would you starve her, hate her, disguise her with clothes she doesn't even like, and criticize her smallest flaws? My hunch is no. And I know it gets a little trippy to think about yourself in the third person, but you get my point. Treat yourself as you would anyone else, with respect. And tip number four: Consider talking to someone. If you recognized yourself in the nine signs, you may be tempted to seek out some professional guidance. But notably, individuals with disordered eating often turn to a nutritionist for help. However, chances are the problem lies not with your diet, but with your emotions, body image, or self-confidence. So instead, consider talking to a therapist. Coach or nutritionist who either specializes in eating disorders or who partners with a mental health professional, and if the thought of seeing a therapist leaves you colder than a skinny cow fudge pop, or if therapy seems too expensive, check out Five Therapy Myths and Fears Busted from the Savvy Psychologist Archives.
I want to thank Dr. Hendrickson for these fantastic and very insightful tips. Please check out the Savvy Psychologist podcast on iTunes or on our website at quickanddirtytips.com. Ellen and I even did a three-part series together a month or so ago on the food-mood connection, and you can find those in our archives. I'll be back next week with episode number 300 of the Nutrition Diva podcast. And I couldn't have done it without you, my listeners. Thank you for your support, for listening, and for eating something good for me.